Welcome to episode five of Economics Supplied on Demand, a podcast brought to you by the Economic Society of Australia to discuss economic affairs of the time. I'm Erin Stone and I'm the president of the Western Australian branch. In this episode, we bring you a recording of the recent webinar, To Study or Not to Study Economics, a discussion on the results of the Reserve Bank of Australia's student survey. It follows on from episode three, where we heard from the Economics Teachers Association of WA about the importance of studying economics. In this webinar, Jugu Yangen, an Associate Professor of Economics at the University of Adelaide, facilitates a discussion with Tanya Livermore and Mike Major from the Reserve Bank of Australia. They unpack the findings of the survey, including why students choose various subjects, perceptions of economics and topics of interest, and how to better promote economics to attract more students. Hello everyone, and welcome to our webinar on the results of the RBA student survey. And I'd like to extend a warm welcome and thank you all for joining us today. My name is Doigo Yengin. I'm an associate professor of economics and faculty director of gender equity, diversity and inclusion at the University of Adelaide. And it's my pleasure to facilitate today's webinar in my role as the research resources and data manager of the Women in Economics Network. And for those of you who are not familiar with our network, uh, Women in Economics Network, which we call shortly RAN, has been formed to promote and support the careers of female economists in Australia. Uh, Please follow our webpage, Facebook page, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, to be informed of various events we regularly organized, as well as uh, newspaper articles, research, job opportunities we share. Today's webinar, uh, we are co-hosting with Economic Society of Australia, when is linked to Economic Society of Australia. Before we start, I would like to acknowledge that I'm hosting this webinar from the lands of the Ghana people, the original custodians of the Adelaide Plains. We also acknowledge the traditional custodians of various lands on which all of us join this webinar today. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging and celebrate the diversity of Aboriginal peoples and their ongoing cultures and connections to the lands and waters of Australia. There has been a stark decline in the size as well as the diversity of the year 12 economics student population since the early 1990s. To obtain deeper insight into this fall, Jackie Dowyer, Head of Information Department of the RBA, previously conducted a case study of school level data in New South Wales in 2017. A comprehensive survey of students themselves was needed to gain quantitative evidence of the factors contributing to the decline in economics enrollments, particularly the diversity trends. This webinar today will unpack these findings of this survey conducted by the the Reserve Bank in 2019. The survey investigates some important questions, such as why do students choose any subject, profile of economics students, perceptions of economics among the students, topics of interest in economics, and last but not the least, how could economics be promoted to attract more students? Now it's my pleasure to introduce our speakers who will present these findings of this survey and answer those questions for us. We will be joined by Tanya Livermore and Mike Major from the Reserve Bank of Australia. Tanya is the manager of RBA's public education program. 
which is devoted to supporting economics education through the provision of a range of resources and learning experiences. The education team is also dedicated to developing an empirical evidence base to inform the promotion of economic literacy in Australia. Mike, an economics from the RBA's economic research department, has collaborated with the education team to analyze this data from the survey commissioned by the RBA. At the end of the presentation, we will have some time for questions. So if you have any questions for our speakers about this survey, please post your questions at the Q&A section in the Zoom. There's a button uh, down at the Zoom screen. You can post throughout the presentation. And our national chair of WEN, Dr. Leonor Aris, will moderate the questions. Now, without further delay, I'd like to invite our speakers to start their presentation. Thank you very much, Diogu, for the introduction. Um, and thank you to WEN and the ESA for inviting Mike and I to present our research today. Uh, so this morning we'll be discussing research that we've undertaken at the RBA to understand what's driving the high school, uh, driving what high school students to choose or to not choose to study economics. Um, as you mentioned, Diogu, the bank recognises the importance of education and is committed to supporting economic literacy in Australia, particularly amongst high school students. And reflecting this commitment, we have a dedicated economics education program that began in late 2016. So being economists, we very much believe in developing rigorous evidence basis uh, upon which to base our objectives and our activities. So to that end, what uh, we'll be presenting today is an overview of, firstly, the background in economics enrolments data um, that paints a picture of the trends in economics enrolments in high school. Uh, and this was integral to, for us at the bank, uh, to bring our attention to year 12 economics and the trends that have occurred in the enrolment numbers and the diversity of that particular student population. Next, we'll discuss the method and the results from a comprehensive student survey that we've commissioned here at the bank uh, to unpick the factors that are underlying the aggregate picture. And in particular, we examine the reasons in general that students select any given subject the key factors that in choosing economics in particular, perceptions of economics and how these differ by sex and socioeconomic status. And then we also touch on the topics of interest and how these differ also by sex. And finally, we'll point to some of the implications that these findings have for advocacy of economics. So getting into our uh, coverage of what our research is today. So what we see here uh, is uh, basically a dramatic decline in economics enrolments for year 12 in across Australia. So starting from the early 1990s until more recently, the enrolments have declined by around 70% over these three decades. And to obtain deeper insight into this fall, the bank conducted case study, as was mentioned, of New South Wales, which we were able to obtain a rich set of school level data. So with the school level data, we were able to break it down according to enrolments trends by sex, by socioeconomic status and by regional metro location. And what we see is that there's been a quite a stark decline in the diversity of the student population alongside the decline in enrolment numbers. So female students are now much more underrepresented compared to male students. There's been a decline in the share of students from low SES backgrounds and also a decline in the share of economic students that are in regional locations. I think it's really interesting, particularly looking at the female share 
in that today, female students are outnumbered in an economics classroom two to one at high, in year 12. Uh, but this hasn't always been the case. In early 1990s, there was an equal number of male and female students in a year 12 classroom. So when we realized these trends, the bank initially sought insights from educators to see what they see as the key factors behind this. And a number of insights were offered. Firstly, we were told that students don't understand what economics is or its relevance to them in their, in their study and career path or their everyday lives. And until the COVID-19 pandemic, there has been a lengthy period in which Australian households were not exposed to a major economic contraction or the extensive economic reforms that were part of the national debate in the early 1980s or 1990s. And this works to draw less attention to the relevance of economics to everyday life. But of course, it'd be interesting to see with COVID pandemic and the economics effects indirectly and directly from that, what the change in interest is in economics as a result. It was also suggested that school leadership uh, have limited incentive to promote the subject, partly because too few economics, too few teachers are trained in, the, in teaching economics in particular, and there is little uh, Australian content available in, to support the teaching of, of economics at high school. We also hear that the introduction of business studies to the New South Wales HSC in the early 1990s saw a large number of students take up business studies instead of economics. And that the reason that's given for this is that business studies is perceived as being more, is easy to learn and more helpful for employment. And we see this reflected in the aggregate enrolments data as well. There's a very clear uh, correlation between the declining economics enrolments and the increase in the business studies. So the enrolments data and the insights from educators paint a clear picture of the overall problem. But we still need quantitative evidence on, on a few things in particular. One is the relationship between student level characteristics, in particular sex, and whether they choose economics, when we control for the school characteristics. Secondly, we need quantitative evidence on what perception students actually have about economics. So asking the students themselves what they think. So we see, we see their revealed preference away from actually selecting economics, but the decision behaviour is preceded by attitudes and beliefs that shape these preferences. So what are these attitudes and beliefs? And once we know this, we can start to think about effective interventions. And we also want to know how these perceptions differ by sex and socioeconomic status. So again, if we want to promote diversity, we need to understand how the underlying perceptions of these subgroups differ before we design targeted interventions. So before we went into collecting the data, we sought to see what there was already available in the published uh, literature. And our summary is that there's no published research surveying high school students' perceptions of economics or what determines their decision to study or not study economics in senior high school. There is, of course, a, a body of related literature which helps to form a picture around this question we, there is a number of studies that look at the relationship between participation in particular subject areas and students' characteristics using very rigorous longitudinal data. However, the downside is economics is not separately identified. There is also extensive research that has been done into university students' attitudes to economics, um, but again, not for the high school student population. 
And we feel that high school is key as it's early on in the pipeline of someone's experience with economics and choosing it as a study or career path. If in the years where there's more scope potentially to intervene um, and sh and shift perceptions rather than further down the pipeline at university where perceptions and choices may already have been made. So this is where our student survey comes in. So both the survey questions and the answer options were informed by focus groups with year 10, uh, year 10 11 and 12 students so that we could ensure that the factors contributing to subject selection and the drivers and barriers to selecting economics were adequately represented in the survey and in appropriate language that will resonate with the younger age group. The actual survey method, we had a sampling frame which was all high schools in New South Wales, students in years 10, 11 and 12, and our selection um, of schools was stratified to attain representative coverage by sector and metro versus regional location. The survey was actually administered by Ipsos, a large survey company. It was delivered using their online survey platform, which students completed in class under the supervision of their teachers. And the survey was opened during term three of 2019, which I'm very grateful that this was um, undertaken last year and we weren't planning this for this year because I think it would have been a very different story. Okay, so going to the sample that we attained, we had 51 schools participate in the survey representative splits by sector and location. And we do have a small number of single sex and selective high schools as well. The total sample of students that we obtained from these 51 schools was over 4,800. The split of students is weighted a little more towards year 10, um, primarily because schools were more inclined to uh, have their year 10 students participate than the students who are undertaking their HSE years. Um, but we do have quite a large number of year 11 and 12 students. Amongst the year 11 and 12 students, 189 of those are studying economics, which is 9% of this sample and correlate, corresponds directly with the overall proportion of New South Wales students that do study economics in year 11 and 12. So I'm gonna pass now to my colleague, Mike, who will talk through the results. Thank you, Tanya. So now I'll take you through some of the results from the survey and I'll start with the reasons that students cite when deciding what subjects they choose in general before narrowing in into economics itself to see if these reasons are different when choosing economics. Now, as Tanya mentioned before, I'll then be able to use the survey data to tease apart the student level and school level characteristics that correlate with economics enrolments while controlling for other factors. We'll then move into some of the more novel work where we look at the perceptions about economics from different students and importantly, how they differ across sex and SES. This will give us insights into what might be driving the differences in participation and the diversity trends that Tanya discussed before. And finally, we will look at what topics students find interesting about economics and how these also differ by sex. And this can help us find out areas where you may have to focus on when promoting economics. So firstly, to move on to the reasons for economics. So what we did here is we asked students to select um, from a list of possible reasons they might use when thinking about subjects. And what we have in this chart here is it shows the most cited reasons at the top and the least cited reasons down the bottom. And this is for all students at the moment when choosing all subjects. So what we find is these top four reasons here is that the key reasons why students choose subjects is because they find the subject interesting, they 
think they're good at it. And there's also, they're aware of the future work and future study opportunities that come from it. So these reasons are cited more than things like recommendations from parents, teachers, peers, and siblings, and things to do with the subject itself, like the workload and the timetabling. Now, one interesting thing about this though is about two thirds of students still cited that they got a recommendation from their parent, teacher, peer, or sibling. But what we, what we see when we think about these results together is it seems like the, the recommendations are important, but they're important. The way they work is by you know, building interest or by informing the students about their future work and future study. And I think that's a good and important takeaway to think about. Ultimately, the students need those top four things and recommendations need to be based um, that help them with those four things. So a question we had now is we'll move on to, well, are these, difference, are these reasons different for economic students themselves? Again, they're still thinking about students and uh, subjects in general, but thinking about just the subset of people who, are, who do economics. And we find those top four reasons are very similar. It's still interest, it's still the future work and future study opportunities, and still whether they're good at it. So we'd say that they're pretty similar reasons. One thing though that comes out of though is that the ATAR scaling. So this is uh, students who do economics uh, tend to uh, be more sensitive to whether scale, um, subjects scale well for the ATAR. So that's something to keep in mind that we have a bit of a difference there. However, on the whole, we'd say they're quite similar. So now what I'll do though is narrow into economics as a subject. And so here we look at what reasons students um, cited for when they chose economics. So we're just looking at the, at the group of people here who do economics. Now, again, we see that interest is the number one reason. But I think what an interesting result from this is though, is the second most cited reason is actually that economics equips them with skills they can use for everyday life. And this was a lesser consideration for other subjects that we see on the, in, in the middle panel there. I think the other thing to, to, to take away from this as well is that if you look at the bottom one there, the least cited reason was that they were recommended to do economics. So this suggests that this is one channel where, you know, it hasn't been as common as we see in, in some of the other, other results there. So what does this mean? Well, it means there's a great deal of scope to fill the information gaps about how economics might help with future work and future study and, and about building interest in economics. It also says that positioning economics as a subject that provides skills for everyday life could yield some interest. As we see, those who chose economics rated this reason quite highly. So what we'll do now is we'll go into not what the reasons they chose for subjects, but the determinants of study economics. So what student level and school level factors um, are relevant in, in who goes on to choose economics. And so Tanya went through some of these before in the NESA data, but what we're able to do is isolate these key effects. And the key thing we find is that there is a greater likelihood of males and students from high SES schools studying economics. And in particular, we find this even when we control for a bunch of things. Even when we control for how interested they are in a subject, even when we control for other demographics, for their understanding, for how focused they are on the ATAR and other school specific factors. And so I think, well, I'll set through this in a bit more detail in a second, but one overarching thing is that we see that SES is the key factor here. And so while we do see, um, on their own that things like whether they're from a metro school or from a non-government school or high SES, the key driver behind these is the, is, the, is the high SES part. We actually see the results reverse for the other ones when we control for the socioeconomic status of schools. And I'll, and I'll come through this now in a, in a bit more detail. So the way we test this is we use a probit model, which is a, reg a regression technique that looks at the likelihood of studying economics based on all these other factors. 
And then we can isolate what the effect of a particular factor is while holding everything else constant. So what I've got here is a positive number here implies that they're more likely to study it. So the first result there, it says that if you're male, you're more likely to study economics, controlling for all these other factors. Likewise, ICSIA, which is a measure of the socioeconomic status of the students at a school, is also positively related. So we see that high SES schools are more likely to study economics. So those two results below though, we actually see that region is not significant. Um, so those asterisks there imply whether or not it's statistically significant. And we find actually that students in, in, in non-government schools are actually less likely to study economics. But as I was saying before, the key reason for this is because we're controlling for the socioeconomic status of the students. So if we go to the second regression now, I take out the um, socioeconomic status variable and we see the males are still positively significant. But actually, if you look down here at the region and the non-government, what we find is that now we find that students in a regional school are less likely, which is what we, what's consistent with the results that Tanya showed earlier. Um, and we see that there's actually no real difference in non-government or potentially positive, but not statistically significant. So our takeaway from this is that it's the male um, and the SES dimensions that are most relevant here for the likelihood of state economics. Now to explore this in a bit more detail, we can use some other information from the survey. So we can control for other factors that might explain these, these trends. So we do this in a simple way by, by adding in a control variable for these, for these three extra variables. So we control for the level of interest that students have in, in um, economics, and we still find that positive result in for male and SES. Likewise, for whether they have a good understanding of economics, and also for how sensitive they are to how subject scales the ATAR. Now, an interesting thing about this though, is while we still see those positive results, it does look like the effects are a little bit lower on the um, male variable there when we control for these things, particularly interest and understanding. And so what this suggests is that part of the reason why we might see some of these gender divides um, could be because there's a, a, a difference in the interest or the understanding of what economics is. However, I think it's important to know though that they're still positive and significant. So it's not the whole story, but it could be part of the reason. And this kind of leads us on to why it's important to look at the perceptions of economics to try and really understand this relationship a bit more. So what we did for perceptions is we asked all the students in the survey um, across all years here, so year 10, year 11 and 12, about their perceptions of economics. And we got a, a, a range of statements, um, often based on things we got from the focus groups that Tanya mentioned before, um, from liaison, from the media. And we basically asked students to rate them on a scale of uh, strongly disagree up to strongly agree on a five point scale um, for a range of statements. And what we find is economics as a discipline in general is perceived quite positively. But when you look at economics as a subject in year 11 and 12, they're often students cite that they have a lack of interest or lack of relevance or understanding. And so this here is a, a challenge here is to try and build the interest and, and bring that economic subject up to the, to the level of the, of the discipline itself. So to step through this in a bit more detail, here's a list of all the different perceptions that we ask students about. And I've ranked them here from things that the students agree most with to things they least agree with. And so the way I've constructed these for the purpose of the graph is I've looked at the share of respondents who strongly agree minus the share of respondents who strongly disagree. And I've ranked them as, as so. And we, we get similar trends if we use the average or use other forms of net balance. 
And we ask questions both on economics in general as a discipline um, and then economics as a subject. And so to start with, let's look at the economics in general. So what we find is that students tend to agree that economics is used for social good, a very promising result. It's also um, a wide range of careers comes out of economics. We see these, um, these other two highlighted, highlighted results, which is that students don't think it's all about money. And confidently also, they do not think that it's more a career for men. And these are two things that do um, go against some of the anecdotal evidence we've heard. So it at least suggests that um, the students, when they write these on the server, that they, they are not thinking that these are, are key perceptions. So now if we narrow into um, economics as a subject, we see some positive things. So students cite that it's important in society, that they could do well in economics, um, and that it scales well for the ATAR. We also see this result that it provides them skills for everyday life, which is something that we saw before about the factors when I was discussing the reasons for choosing subjects. However, when we look at some of the other results, they're a bit more negative. So we see that um, students tend to see that business is more useful, more interesting and easier. We also see that it's a heavier workload and that you need mathematics for it. Um, but these particular ones I want to point out are these bottom, bottom four here where they don't tend to have a good, a good understanding they're not very interested in them and they don't have a clear idea of the careers available. So while we saw that as economics as a, a general discipline um, has a wide range of careers, it seems like there's a bit of a divide between how economics as a subject is gonna help them get there or what careers in particular they would do with them. So it's a more of a general, there's a, a lot of careers out there, but they don't know how they're gonna fit into that as well. The other thing is that there's, they're, they're pretty neutral on whether or not they want to know more about economics as well. So. What I want to do now is think about how these perceptions differ by females or by low SES. And what we find is that the negative perceptions we have here tend to be exacerbated for females and students from low SES schools. And so if we go, if we go to the next, um, the next slide here, we see that we have, um, again, the same uh, perceptions that we had before, but we have a, a split by whether they were male or female. And so underpinning this graph are the uh, order probate regressions like I was showing before. Um, and, but rather than showing the tables, what I've done here is I'm just gonna put two asterisks when the, there is a statistically significant difference between males and females on any of these perceptions. So to talk you through some of these, firstly, what we see is that there is this a bit of a confidence gap between men and women here. So females are much less likely to think they could do well in economics compared to males. They're also more likely to think that business is more useful, more interesting and easier compared to males. And so we see some of these um, effects have been exacerbated by, by being female. Furthermore, if you go um, to some of these bottom ones, we see that, um, that females tend to have less interest, less understanding. They have even less of an idea of um, what careers um, could be available to them. They also find that they perceive that they get they aren't as promoted by teachers and they see it as a bit more risk aversion here. They see that it's a risk to study economics because they don't know what it's about. I think another, another result here is they also are less likely to want to know more about it. So it, it kind of raises a particular um, you know, challenge for us when thinking about how to promote economics um, when you have to both generate interest but also have to somehow generate the, the, the interest in wanting to know more about it. Now, it's also worth pointing out that there's no meaningful differences in some perceptions. So we don't see any differences in needing to be intelligent or being good at maths. 
Um, there's no differences in the workload or scaling. And we also don't see any significant differences in the idea that economics is important, that it's used for social good, or that equips you for, for day-to-day life. So there are some, some things that are similar across these groups, but this confidence gap and risk aversion does seem to be more of a, a trend for the females than the males here. Now we also see these results um, when looking at socioeconomic status. And so again, um, I've broken down the survey to look at those, school, or those students from a low SES school and those from a high SES school. And again, we see this evidence of a confidence gap where students from low SES schools are less likely to think they could do well in economics. We also see um, that they think it's a, a risk because they don't know about it. Um, they also think they're, they're less likely to be promoted by their teachers and they have a, a less understanding of economics too. And this last point has come up a few times, this idea of not having as much of an understanding of what economics is about. And so we thought we'd explore this in a bit more detail. So we, we'd run these regressions that underpin these um, results on the, on the graph I show you here, where we control for the perceived understanding. And so what we find is that controlling for the level, so in other words, taking out the fact that there might be differences in understanding across these groups, we still, we, we find that they, it, this does reduce some of the SES and sex differences that we have just talked about. However, it's not the full story. So it suggests that improving understanding will, will help some of these differentials, but there are some things that still remain. There's, there's, there's more that needs to be done than, than just this. And in particular, we still see an evidence of a confidence gap. We still see evidence of a greater degree of risk aversion towards economics because they don't know what it's about. And we still see that there's, they're more likely to perceive business studies to be um, easier, more interesting and useful than economics. And so this implies interventions that not only provide information, but somehow boost the confidence of females and students from low socioeconomic status backgrounds may go um, further in equalizing both perceptions and participation in diversity and diversity as well. So um, it's, it sort of implies that we have to both think about the confidence side as well as the information side. Now, one result we did find as well throughout is that men tend to be more interested in economics, um, even controlling for the level of understanding. So even if they have the same level of understanding, men seem more interested. And this kind of made us think, well, maybe it's to do with what kind of topics are discussed in economics. And so what we did is we also asked students to rate what topics they find most interesting from a list of things that they do in the year 12 and year 11 economic syllabus. And so students had to choose their top two out of a list of about seven or eight. And that was to determine um, what the most interesting topics would be. So what we find in this next chart is that the two most important reasons that, um, or the two most important topics that students find interesting are identifying problems and globalization. And you can see some of the other ones down here, things like the share market, consumption production decisions, the environment, these ones are still important, but they're not as high up. But I think the more interesting thing here is now to have a look at this differences across sex. So what we see is there are some key differences. Firstly, that result about identifying problems that we saw before is actually being driven mostly by female and that's their top um, interest in this. Whereas for men, they cite the share market as their number one. And you can see that's very low down for, for women. So this sort of points out that we've got to be mindful of not just uh, economics as a general discipline, but also what parts of economics we want to be like highlighting or promoting or giving information about when thinking about it to make sure that we're not getting a, a, a narrow view of what economics is about. 
So what I'll do now is I'll pass back to Tanya to think a bit more about the implications. Okay, so in terms of what are the key implications for advocacy of economics and the diversity within economics, um, starting firstly with to address the overall participation. What we what Mike mentioned earlier was that one thing that stands out to us is that there we see a challenge to translate the positive perceptions of economics in general to be applied to high school economics as a subject. There's also scope to fill information gaps on the key reasons that students have now told us that they take into account when they're choosing any given subject. So that's their interest in the subject, uh, the future career options and the future study options that come about. We also see that positioning uh, economics as a subject that provides skills for everyday life may also yield interest. This was something that economics students rated quite highly um, it was an interesting result for us to learn about one factor that could definitely be highlighted and emphasised in communicating to students about the benefits of economics. This summary here gives us confidence in terms of our program at the bank um, that we are doing these, we are focusing on these things already. And it also gives us confidence that there's um, more that we can do to build on this going forward and hopefully generate more interest and participation in economics overall. So what about addressing the diversity deficits in economics? So we've established that there is a, a differential in the perceptions of economics between the sexes and students of different socioeconomic backgrounds, which reveals the underlying attitudinal factors that are reflected in the divergent likelihood of studying economics. So importantly, females and students from low SES backgrounds are less likely to perceive that they have a good understanding of what economics is, um, and, and so interventions that improve students' understanding of what economics entails should work to not only increase participation in economics overall, but to actually reduce some of those diversity gaps in the participation numbers. And as um, Mike mentioned earlier, it's not just about uh, increasing understanding in terms of addressing the diversity gaps. There's also evidence that we have here now that boosting confidence is part of equalising those differentials. So we see that an implication is that when thinking about interventions, we need to also not just think about providing information in general, but what might boost confidence of females and students from low SES backgrounds. And another key implication in terms of diversity is that there appears to be scope to tailor communications and syllabus content that appeals to the specific interests of female students. So what are the next steps for developing the evidence base for us here at the bank and anyone else who's in the, in the has an interest in advocacy of economics? So firstly, primarily, um, we see that empirical testing of potential interventions is, is key. Um, what we know is that while we can take um, information from perceptions that will give us a much clearer direction in terms of interventions, we also need to test these in some way because we never know there can be unintended consequences of particular interventions. We want to make sure that anything we do put into place, particularly around diversity, actually goes to improving the situation. So empirical testing of interventions is, is key. We also see that there's further work to be done on looking at how economics uh, content in Australia aligns with the interests of female students. So this is also an area for future work. 
Another obvious area for future work is looking at the perceptions of high school students about economics in other Australian states and territories. What we know is that economics is introduced to students at different stages of their high school progression across the various states. And so there might be important differences in um, how students actually perceive economics dependent on how early they are introduced to economics content. So there's scope for, for future work to actually examine these questions in other states in Australia. In terms of the New South Wales uh, survey data that we have, there's further work that we plan to do on looking at the role that commerce plays in, in New South Wales students' perceptions of economics, um, because that's obviously another way at which within New South Wales, students can be introduced to economics at earlier stages um, than year 10, 11 or 12. Thank you, Mike and Tanya, for this wonderful presentation and Leonora for the moderation of questions. And special thanks to Diane for uh, helping with the admin um, support. So as we have seen, economics uh, has a problem because students don't understand it or don't have an interest in it. And this is one of the areas that Women Economics Network is working to make a difference. So I would like to uh, invite everyone today to continue supporting us by joining VAN uh, membership or uh, renewing your memberships so that we can continue to bring you webinars like today and other initiatives. So thank you again for joining us today and have a great day and stay safe. This was Economics Supplied On Demand, brought to you by the Economic Society of Australia. Today, once again, encouraging economic concepts to be made more accessible. We hope you enjoyed this episode and continue to do what you can to encourage someone you know to study economics. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe and leave us a review of the podcast and then head to our website and become a member. To find out what else we're doing, follow us on social media by searching Economic Society of Australia or using the links on our website at esawa.org.au. If you have any suggestions for future episodes or are interested in talking to us, get in touch via our website. Thanks once again to John White, who produces and edits all our episodes of our podcast. Please note that the views expressed are those of the individuals. They do not reflect the views of the Economic Society of Australia, its members, or any associated organisation.